0: Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarraga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Good evening. Great to have you here with us tonight. And uh, I know for us uh, here in in Niagara Falls, we're uh, limited and restricted. So the majority of you are viewing online uh, tonight. And I I just want to commend you. I've noticed that so many of you uh, are faithful and watching, whether it's uh, Wednesday night or on uh, Sunday mornings, um, that come here normally to church, that you, when you can't, you are choosing to watch the service. So I want to commend you, and especially in these last days, uh, we want to take in the Word of God, and we want to hear the Word of God, and we want to act on the Word of God, be obedient to the Word of God. So uh, once again, I commend you for hearing, and then that you would do the Word of God. Let's just pray tonight as we get started. Lord, you have spoken to me, your Word, that you would have me feed to the flock. And so, Lord, I pray that the flock would hear tonight, that they would hear the Word of God, and that the Word of God would be given. Bring life, would bring sustenance, would bring strength, would bring light, would bring direction, would bring encouragement and faith. And, and Lord, I just so that the, the richness of your word that it would just uh, resonate in, uh, in each and every life tonight. Those that don't know you tonight, Lord, that may be watching, I pray that they would have opportunity or they would make that, uh, that, that step to say, I am going to give my life. To Jesus I just pray this in your name let that anointing be upon me and upon those that are listening in Jesus name amen amen um, very short book the book of Colossians but man what a punch that it packs um, and it is talking about mainly about the preeminence of Jesus Christ that he is preeminent and uh, so if you haven't caught uh, the series, uh, this is actually part four of this preeminent series. And uh, so you, if you go back, uh, the first one is called uh, Preeminent First. Uh, and then Preeminent, I Choose You. And then Preeminent, Making It Big are the, the last three weeks uh, that we've been going through the book of Colossians. And just so you have a heads up, we are going through the, the book of Colossians verse by verse. And uh, just, just an amazing, amazing book. I just love what uh, the Lord uh, gave to Paul to write to the Colossians and to us uh, 2,000 years later. Colossians 1, verse 18. When it comes to the preeminence of Jesus Christ, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So we have a choice. Even though Jesus Christ is preeminent, he is above all. Trust me, if you, if you don't believe that tonight, he is preeminent. All the things that he spoke that would be are coming to pass. The things uh, that, that were foretold from thousands of years ago, Uh, that would happen in these last days are coming to pass and will come to pass. That which hasn't happened yet, it will come to pass because that is the God that we serve is a mighty, amazing God that is preeminent. But yet, in this verse, it says that in all things, he may, he may have the preeminence and uh, that there would be a uh, uh, allowance of the Lord Jesus Christ to be first in your life that he would be preeminent in your life because he won't kick down the doors of your heart or of your life. Uh, but you, as, as a child of God especially, uh, need to make Jesus Christ preeminent in your life. Um, just uh, last week, and, and as we head into um, the message tonight or the, 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 the study tonight, uh, I want you to just quickly go to uh, chapter 2, Colossians 2 verses 8 to 10 and it says, beware so there's a warning lest anyone cheat you to rob from you through philosophy so that's philosophy is is the uh, what people grab a hold of as to how they're going to do life the how to of life and so that we can be cheated in the philosophies of man. So don't let anybody cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So if it's not according to, to Christ, you will be cheated about out of life and what could be in your life, even at this point, and for eternity. For in him... In Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he came 2,000 years ago. Jesus always existed. But he came at a specific time 2,000 years ago. And he was in uh, or on this planet. And he came for one purpose. And that was to die for you and me so that we can have life. And verse 10, this is what I want to focus in on. It says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So he is above all, and and we can be made complete in him. So just uh, from last week, I just want to touch in on what it means to be complete. It means to make full, to fill up, to cause, to abound, or to flourish, to supply liberally so that we can abound and to flourish and to be furnished for life, to be made complete, for, for life now, um, that we would abound, that we would be liberally supplied by God to render full or to render complete, to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting uh, to full measure, to fill to the brim, to make complete in every particular. So regarding your life, every particular, the Lord desires for there to be a completing of the different aspects of your, your life and even of who you are, uh, the changes, the things. It may I say this? The things that you desire to change in yourself and you say, I've tried so hard. I try this, I try that. The Lord is saying, listen, I want to change you. I want to make you complete. I want to accomplish the things that I I need to accomplish in 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 who you are, I want those things to be carried out in your life. I just say, thank you, Lord. It says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And you might say, well, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived either, but he's doing a work in me. And he's desiring to do a work in you as you make him preeminent, as you make him first in your life. Praise God. So, uh, also... When it comes to uh, making complete, it also has to do with the, the promises of God for us, the sayings of God, to bring them to pass, to accomplish them, to cause God's will also the, to be obeyed as we, as we surrender to him. Lord, that your will will be done and obeyed in my life, that it would come to pass and that we would receive the fulfillment of God's will for our life. That is all part of the word complete, which is oftentimes we, we read through it and we miss the depth and the riches that God has for us. Just amazing. From a few weeks ago in Colossians 1, verse 13, and I, this is these uh, these next passages from chapter 1 uh, are going to tie in to this, this second chapter and especially the verses that we're going to be heading into uh, from verse 11 we're going to be touching in. I don't know how far I'm going to get tonight. I know that I'm not going to finish this passage uh, that we're going to be studying tonight. But I just want to read a few passages from uh, chapter 1. And I want you to know that this this emphasis is not just emphasized in the book of Colossians, but is again, uh, especially in the letters that Paul writes, it's again and again and again. And so you might say, Pastor, I've heard this. I'm telling you, I'm saying to you at this time, especially in these last days, and especially with all that's going on, you might say, "Can I be made complete? Can I can I have peace in this in this day and age?" Absolutely. You're saying, Pastor, even with COVID, or even with uh, my my health situation, or my financial situation, or my relationship, uh, whatever relationships that I have, can I be made complete? And I'm saying to you, yes, absolutely. So. Listen, grab a hold of of the Word of God tonight. So from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So taken out. We've been taken out of that darkness. We've been put into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And we're talking to be surrounded and wrapped in love. I want you to know tonight... Jesus loves you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They love you so much. There is so much for you in this life, even at this time. God wants to do some amazing things for you and in you and through you. It says, In whom we have redemption. We've been bought through His blood and we've been made right through His blood, and that we have the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. Forgiven, all our sins forgiven as our faith is in Jesus Christ. And a few verses past that, Colossians 1 verse 19, it says, For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile or to get into right relationship all things to himself by him, by Jesus Christ, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace, how, through the blood of his cross. This is this is significant, and we, we see this once again. It's it's woven throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New, about sacrifice, the shedding of blood, and how critical that is to our daily living. And today, I, I just I want to uh, put a title on today. It's it's about having daily victory daily each and every day that we can have victory and you say is that possible absolutely it is possible in verse 21 Colossians 121 it says and you who once were alienated or apart from God and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled so you are distant from him, you were apart from him, you were were even opposed to God. And now because of your faith in Jesus Christ, he forgave you of your sins and he reconciled you to him. You have relationship with God. Praise God. And how? Once again, in the body of his flesh through death, by his sacrifice through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Holy, you are made holy and blameless and uh, above reproach. There's nothing against you in His sight. And here's how, verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, the faith of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Paul says, man, I am preaching that message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I want to say today, as you grab a hold of that, the Lord desires to give you victory on a daily basis, every single day. Not that you're up and down and all over the place. Not, and I'm, I'm telling you, you can have a stability, even though life may be up and down all around you. You can be stable and get through the different things as your faith, as you remain. I want, to say, I want to say it again. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. You heard Jesus, Jesus Christ and him crucified, and you grabbed a hold of it, and I'm saying do not let go of it. That's how you need to move forward each and every day. All right. So today, I want, we, we're going to look at uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. To 15 I'm going to read through that, and we're going to take a lot of time. I know for a fact I will not finish uh, all of these four verses, but I want to read them uh, through all th- four or five of these verses. It's amazing uh, they, that the, the Lord desires for us to have victory in our, in our lives, victory over sin and the dominion of sin, victory over our flesh and temptation, Victory in our lives to truly be alive. uh, And then victory over our enemy and the lies that he may bring to us. So let's just look at these uh, few verses here. Colossians 2 from verse 11. In him, who's him? Jesus Christ. In him, Jesus Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And already at this point you're saying, well, hold on a sec, Pastor. Like, what does that even mean? We're going to get into it. All right. Verse 12 says, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God. God's doing a work because of your faith. Who raised him from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses and having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. All right. I, I, there's a lot of stuff there. There's so much stuff. As I was going into it, was like, oh, my goodness. There is so much. And I'm just, tonight, I'm, I'm scratching the surface. Even though as we get into the depth of it, I'm just scratching the surface. I could probably spend... A month just talking about these verses here and who knows maybe it may it may be a month before I'm finished so um, tonight I uh, there's this this these verses here uh, having to do with us being circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ so I just want to touch in on this thing of the, the having victory over sin. And so I want, to, I want to just get into a bit of an introduction here. Uh, what is sin? What is sin? In a, in a nutshell, it is, it is basically disobedience to God. But there's another aspect of, of sin that talks about missing the mark. I'll tell you right now, if you're heading in a direction or you think you're heading in the right direction, and there's sin involved in your life, you will miss the mark. You won't, you will deviate. You will go off course. And that's the thing about uh, sin. It's not making it. It's missing the mark. So if I had a bow and arrow, and, I, and I'm drawing back, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hit the bullseye. I'm going to go off target. And, and so that's the, the thing about sin. Sin will always get you off target you will find yourself. Think about it. In your life, look back to the times that you were sinning, the, the, the ambitions that you had, the dreams that you had, the vision that you had, and, and because of sin, oftentimes none of those things were realized. Or because of sin, you might have accomplished things, but because of sin, there is, is a, a, a robbing and a stealing from you even in the things of, of life, they say, man, I've, I've made it. I've, I've got everything, and why am I not happy? Why, why am I miserable? You know, I, I have a good income. I have a beautiful house, and, and, and there's, there's something that's missing. And I'll tell you right now, uh, whether you're, uh, if you're an unbeliever, you can have so much. And the Lord Jesus said about those that, that had much, it says, what does it profit a man? if he should gain the whole world but lose his soul. And we recognize that we can make it big on this planet, but if we don't have Christ in our life, I'll tell you, eternity is a long time. To be apart from God for eternity is a long time. What a price to pay because there was no faith in Jesus Christ. But this aspect of sin, sin is dead detrimental to us in fact sin separates us from God sin is that which would uh, cause for us to to be dead in trespasses and sin we're dead spiritually before God so I want to go way back and um, I want to i want to just look at a few things here, because uh, uh, Paul describes this problem that we have regarding sin. And I want to talk not just to the unbeliever. I'm not talking I'm talking to believers. And if you are struggling with sin at this time, I'm telling you you can have victory. We're talking about having daily victory, and even when it comes to the a- area of sin. And so, I want I want you to to be encouraged today because sometimes you say, "Man, I've been trying so hard." There is a a very easy solution, and uh, it is there to help you uh, to to live daily in victory. But Paul writes about this, and he many would say, "Well, this passage is for the unbeliever." I'm telling you. This is not the unbeliever that he's writing to. He's writing to the church, or to the, the believers in Rome, the the Christians that were in Rome. So he's not writing to unbeliever. He's writing to believers, and this is and he's writing. I tr- I truly believe that he's writing about himself. And with all of this, there is a solution uh, in it. So Romans chapter seven verse thirteen. Okay, Romans 7:13. 13. And so I want to encourage you tonight, if you're struggling with sin, uh, to have victory over sin uh, and daily victory over sin. I want you to recognize that you're not alone in the struggle, and Paul had the struggle. So from verse 13, Romans 7:13, it says, Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. And he's talking about the, the, the law and, and the, the goodness of the law uh, the, to, to direct us to do things and not do things, all for our benefit. And he says, has that then, is then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, through the law, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So my, my, by nature, my flesh, whatever, I am carnal, sold under sin. For, and then he gets into it now. And this is because he is, is attempting to keep the law. His faith is in himself attempting to keep the law, to do what is good. Listen. Listen. Paul couldn't do it, and he's going to explain now the, the struggle that he's facing in attempting to keep the law, to do the commandments. In fact, as he said in verse 13, he says, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. There's a pointing out by the sin. Unless you, you, you have something saying, hey, you shouldn't do that, it's like, okay, I can go ahead and do it. In fact, there's people uh, that say, I, I didn't even know that was wrong. Oftentimes we know when something's wrong because there's something within just saying, hey, that's wrong. Or the Holy Spirit will come and convict and say, hey, don't do that. That's wrong. Not just wrong, but it's detrimental to you and to those that are around you. All right. Let's look at verses 15, and we see the, the battle that's going on within Paul, and goes on within every single believer whose faith is not in Jesus Christ and what he did for, for us on the cross. Jesus Christ and them crucified. If your faith is in yourself and keeping the law, this is what, how you will feel, all right? Because I, I know that's how I felt. And not just for a short period of time, but for a longer period of time of my life, this is how I felt, okay? And I just felt, but what I did. For what I am doing... And we're, we're sold to understand. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will or desire to do, that I don't practice. I'm just going to change the word will to desire. I might change that word uh, from the, the New King James Version. So listen up. So let me re- read it again. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I desire to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. You ever try fighting some temptation, and eventually you give in, and it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that I'm doing this? And, there's, and so the things that you actually hate, you start to do. If, then, I do what I don't want to do or I desire not to do, I agree with the law, with the commandments, that it is, that it is good. The law is good. But now it is no longer I who does it, but sin that dwells in me. There's something within me that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Now, you may say flesh. What's flesh? I'm talking about our, our, our makeup at this point in time. This is, this is my flesh. It's, it's, it's blood and, and, and bones and, uh, and flesh. And. But it goes deeper than just this. It goes also to our our soul, our heart, and our will before God. Our mind, our thinking, the way we think, our, our the conclusions that we draw. All right? So in my flesh, without especially without God, or if my faith is in myself, I will find that there's going to be a struggle. So he says here, for I know that, this is verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. To do what is right is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. How am I going to do it? And I truly believe that he is writing this, once again, not as an unbeliever, he's writing this as a believer, for the good that I will or desire to do, I do not do. But the evil I don't want to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but sin that dwells in me. I just want you to hang on, because we're going to be getting into Colossians here. We're talking about circumcision. Circumcision is, is about cutting something off. Something is cut off. And, and yeah, it, it can be very graphic. Circumcision, we're talking about males being circumcised on the eighth day according to the law uh, of, of, of Moses or even before with Abraham. Uh, there's a circumcision that took place. It is a, a cutting off of the flesh. But he says here, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills or desires to do good. Is that how you feel? You say, man, there's something within me that's not, it's not good, it's not right, because I desire to do what is good. And I know there's a lot of believers out there that you're struggling with, with temptation, you're st- struggling with sin. You want to do what is good, but you can't. We're talking about having daily victory over sin. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. My inner being wants to do the things of God, the, the commandments of the Lord. But I see another law in me or in my members, in my own flesh, warring against the law of my mind. So the things I want to do in my head, I, I, I will and I desire to do. My flesh is, is craving for other things. Listen, if you are bound, I'm, I'm talking about being bound by different things that your flesh is craving, whatever it may be. Sometimes we think about the more extreme addictions that people have, and I, I want to—I'll—I'll I'll mention some things that maybe are maybe less—I don't know—mentioned. Uh, I want to mention prescription medications that have been prescribed by the doctor for. Usually, it's for pain. Sometimes it's for anxiety. Sometimes it's for depression. I want to say this at this point in time. I just, I, it's not part of my nose. I'm just feeling to say this at this point. Some of you are caught up and bound by some of these narcotics that are, have become narcotics or there's a dependence on them for your daily living. You say, Pastor, you have no idea the pain I, I go through or whatever, different things sometimes I, I have no problems with medications to uh, relieve pain, but there's times where it's gone past just a relieving of pain. There's a dependence on the medication now, not for pain, but more there's a craving of I need the medication. So there's something that has is within that that I want to do good, and there's an evil present with me, within me. For I delight like to do the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So there's a fight between your mind that wants to in your will. It comes down to your will saying, I want to do those things. But there's part of your flesh that is saying, well, no, I crave this. I need this. I want that. And you know it's not right. It's not good for you. And then he he says how he's feeling. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? This body of death and the fight that I'm fighting. And I'll tell you right now, for some of you, this struggle is not just you know, once a day or once, once a week. We're talking, it's almost moment by moment where you're fighting something. There's a battle between your head and your, the cravings of your, your flesh to do what is not right. I thank God. He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The only way and the only answer to overcome the power of sin in your life is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And it says Jesus Christ, our Lord, where he is being made preeminent. Lord means to be above all. If Jesus Christ, you might be saved, but Jesus Christ is not Lord in your life. He's not preeminent. In fact, you've got, maybe you are the one that's preeminent in your life. I'll, I'll serve God As long as it works out for me or as long as it doesn't interfere with my plans and my own purposes or whatever. uh, Jesus Christ is not Lord. And I'm saying to you, make him Lord. It's a choice you make. And that's what I started off in Colossians 1 verse 18, that he may have preeminence in all things in your life to put him first above all. Because God desires and Jesus desires for you to have victory over sin in your life. And sometimes it's not even an outward thing. It's going on in your head. How many times were you just, you just think about it. The stuff that you might be thinking, you say, man, if, if other people knew what I was thinking about, uh, it would be embarrassing. Because there's a battle that's going on even in your mind and in your thinking. The thoughts that you have, the things that you dwell on, the things that you, you, would, you gravitate towards, even in your thinking. And the Lord is saying, some of these thoughts are, are even sinful. And God is saying, listen, you can have daily victory over sin. You're saying, Pastor, how? Already the one answer here is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is no other way. I don't care how much you, you may read the word of God, how much you may pray. You may even be f- spirit-filled. You may be going to church regularly. I'll tell you right now, Jesus Christ is the only one that is able to take care of your sin and the, and the, the, the power of sin that might be coming against you and in you. And so, all right, how? How? How do we go about this? Before we do this, I want to go way back to Genesis chapter 2. And you might say, well, how did sin come into being on this planet? So I want to read about this. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. You say, what man? It was Adam. So Adam, the first man that was created. Uh, and Yes, you might say passages is that how it it happened uh, where, where it's not through evolution no god spoke things into existence when he came to man he created man into his in his own image and he he used his hands to form adam with he got his hands dirty and he actually made adam with his hands and he breathed life into him and life came into adam and initially Adam was all by himself humanly speaking there were no other human beings and God commanded man to Adam saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat except for one tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die so here he he has access to everything in the garden the garden of Eden beautiful and um except he doesn't have access to one thing, and that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he says, God says, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. Let's jump to Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, you say, which woman? That was Eve. So we have Adam and Eve here. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. I'll tell you, this is Satan coming and lying to her and deceiving her. And here she she went. It says, she also gave to her husband, Adam, with her, and he ate. <clears throat> now, the thing is, uh, I like what it says in Romans chapter 5. In Romans cha- chapter 5, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, it talks about Adam was the one that sinned here. It doesn't mention Eve. It mentions Adam. Adam knew or should have said, hey, Eve, this is, this is not right. No, we're not going to eat of this fruit. He didn't. He went along with the whole thing. It says in verse 7, Genesis 3, 7, it says, Then the eyes of, the, of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So here they, they before that point, yeah, they were, they were naked. And there was no problem with them being naked, Uh, But the moment they they ate of this tree, they looked, they recognized that they were naked. There was no covering. And so they they covered themselves with fig leaves. Now, Romans 5 verse 12 talks about this incident and and how it impacted uh, man. In fact, you might say, well, Adam lived after that day, but it was on that day. Did he die? Yes, he died spiritually. And on that day, they, both of them were, were, that was the last, the final day that they were in the Garden of Eden and in the presence of God in that way where he would come in the cool of the evening and, and spend time with, with his creation that was made in his image. And here now they had sinned. And God, so God, they were separated from God that same day. They did die spiritually. But here's what it says about this and how it impacted us as man and mankind. Romans 5.12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. And then there's a bracket, there's a, there's an explanation of this, and I want to read it from verse 13 to 17. It says, For until the law, which was many hundreds, thousands, or several thousand years later. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So even though there was no law given until Moses, which would have been about 1400 B.C., up until 1400 B.C., There was no law. The law wasn't there, but there was already death that that was reigning uh, because Adam had sinned, even though there was no law. So in verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died one man's offense, we're talking Adam's sin, we, we, we all die, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So God gives, is gracious, and he gives a, gifts, a gift, the gift of Jesus Christ to us. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment, judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, that there is a judgment, you're separated from God. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more than or much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one jesus christ so here again it is when it comes to life and have victory in life and overcoming in life and overcoming uh sin it is through jesus christ so even though death our sin entered and caused and resulted in death from the time of adam and on people eventually they, they live their lives and they die and then there's judgment they either spend eternity with god or apart from god but if they want to have grace and the gift of righteousness to be in right standing with God and even to have life a a life of victory it is through one Jesus Christ that is the only way that we can have victory over sin in our life therefore as as through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation even so through one man's righteous act what act the act of Jesus Christ dying on the cross The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So through one man's act, Jesus Christ dying 2,000 years ago, the free gift came to all men. It's available to everybody who accepts it, results in justification of life. What does that mean? It means that we get to be in right standing with God, to be right before God. Not because of how good we are, but because of Jesus Christ and our faith being in him. Therefore, as through one man's, oh, sorry, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. So the law came so that people would know, hey, listen, we're breaking the law or this is right or this is wrong. So we know the law showed what is right and wrong. But where sin abounded, Grace abounded much more. So it doesn't matter how sinful man came, God still loves. And he's saying, listen, I want for you to have life in Jesus Christ, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Before Jesus came, there was a, a, over 4,000 years before Jesus came, there were civilizations and thousands, millions, billions of people that lived before Christ came on the cross 2,000 years ago, but there was sacrifice right from the beginning, and we'll see that in a moment. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, praise God, so that as sin reigned in death, resulting in death, and it reigned, it was having dominion in, in people's lives, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So here's that thing again, is to have life is through jesus christ our lord him being preeminent being lord and the grace of god is extended to us that we can be righteous before god on this side of heaven and that we can have dominion and power over sin praise god it is through jesus christ we have victory over sin through jesus christ so let's get into this whole thing we're going to go a little bit deeper now Uh, so We we know we have victory over sin through Jesus Christ, but it'll expand in this next section here. I just want to say victory over our flesh and temptation, because that's how we start to deal. Just like uh, Eve was was tempted by the serpent, by Satan. Did God really say that? There's a questioning, and and so she was tempted. Yeah, there's nothing right. You know what? I I can I, I want to eat of this fruit. So there's a temptation of of doing something that she, she knew that she shouldn't do. All right, so let's go back to Colossians chapter two, verse eleven. Colossians two, verse eleven. It says, In him, in Jesus Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, we've already alluded to Jesus Christ. We've already alluded to sacrifice his death on the cross, and uh, I've alluded to sacrifice in the Old Testament leading up to Christ, that there was always a sacrifice and blood involved before Christ came, and it was all pointing to Jesus Christ. You say, well, what does this have to do with temptation and sin and my flesh? Our flesh desires things that are contrary to God. And so we are tempted by different things So, so to the point where we will, we will sin. So we're going to look at this passage here because it talks about circumcision. And I already mentioned to you that circumcision is a cutting off of the flesh. It says, in him, in Jesus Christ, you or we were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. So it's not a physical thing. It's a supernatural thing that takes place. So we're not actually, there's not an actual physical cutting of the flesh. There is a supernatural cutting and it is made in him through Jesus Christ. And the result of it, it's, it's made without hands. The result is by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So we're talking about dealing with this, body of the sins of the flesh the sins the sins of the flesh listen there are many different passages that that you might say or that I could quote or or read from and just say hey you know these are sins different sins you know what is sin you know what isn't right before the lord and so when it comes to our flesh our flesh desires and does those things that are contrary to the Spirit of God. So even as a believer, there's a battle that may take place in your life on a daily basis. So we're talking about how do we deal with that? This circumcision made without hands to, to cut off, to put off the body of the sins of the flesh. So we got the sins of the flesh, but the body of the sins, it's almost like what's originating and causing for there to be sins of the flesh is this body of the sins of the flesh. We can put that off. The old man, the old nature, the things that you used to do, it's, it's like it's still there. That body is still there. That old man nature is saying, I, I crave the things of the past or I crave that. My, and the flesh is a fight that's going on. Oftentimes there's temptation. And so we'll get back to this thing of by the circumcision of Christ, by putting off the body the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. In James chapter 1, verse 12, it talks about temptation. And it says, here's what it says about temptation. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Is there anything wrong with temptation? No. There's nothing wrong with temptation. Jesus was tempted. We will be tempted. I want to say to you at this time, you will be tempted as a believer. The thing about uh, uh, the unbeliever is they don't care. They don't care about temptation. They're tempted? I'll do it. In fact, as more and more of society goes down a certain road of, of saying, well, this is what we're going to do. We just feel like doing it. They'll actually put laws into place that are extremely detrimental and are, are wrong because every, most people are doing it. So, for instance, let me give you an example. Abortion. I just want to say, if, if you've had an abortion, can God forgive? Absolutely. But it, I'm telling you right now, the Word of God says that what is Within us, within a woman, when conception takes place, new life begins. We see it scientifically. Life begins at the point of conception. And so here, uh, there's laws that have been, in fact, well, actually, in Canada, we have no law for abortion. There's no law on abortion. And in fact, there have been one out of four pregnancies in Canada end in abortion. I couldn't believe it. How, how terrible, it, I didn't think the numbers were that high. And I just want to say to you, if you have had abortion, God loves you so much and that there can be forgiveness. Oftentimes, uh, I've heard that there's such guilt and remorse over abortion for those that have had, had it, for many. And the Lord is saying, listen, I can forgive you for making that decision. It was, society is doing it. It's, al- it's, it's allowed in Canada. But it's wrong to be tempted to do something. Uh, it says, blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Can I just say this? This word, when he has been approved, the only way that we can be approved by God is by faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. There is no other way that we can be approved by God and receive the crown of life. There is no other way but through Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. In Hebrews chapter 11, and that chapter is talking all about faith. It starts off with what faith is and the things that happen as a result of faith. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, now verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to be more specific because this is Hebrews chapter 11. The chapters that come before chapter 11 talk about what our faith should be in. The first four chapters talk about the supremacy of Jesus Christ over man, over angels, over anything uh, created. Jesus Christ is preeminent as supreme. And chapters 4, overlapping to chapters 10, is the supremacy of his sacrifice for us. His sacrifice for us on a cross 2,000 years ago is a supreme sacrifice. There's no more sacrifice necessary. So as our faith in chapter 11, as our faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, it will help us to be approved of God, and it will help us even when it comes to temptation. We're talking here about James chapter 1, blessed is a man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, and we are only approved as our faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, do we have the ability to overcome even on a daily basis. Let no one say when he is tempted, verse 13, James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So our own desire, our fleshly desire, say, oh, I crave that. I know it's wrong. And we're enticed by it anyways, just like Eve was. Then when desire has conceived and we make this decision, yes, I'm going to go for it. It gives birth to sin and we sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. I want you to know while you are still living, you have a chance to turn things around and to get right with God. When you are dead... Physically, you will stand before God. Hebrews 9.27 says, is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. You will stand and there will be a judgment that takes immediately at the point of death. You will either be standing in the presence of God for eternity or you'll be uh, in hell and apart from God for eternity. The the, The judgment comes immediately and it is according to what your faith, who your faith is in, and and what he did for us. You may know about Jesus, but you need to recognize that it is through his finished work on the cross that we have life and that we can overcome even temptation. Hallelujah. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. I'll tell you, there's been a lot of good gifts and a lot of, of, of beautiful things that God has given to, to man, and it comes from God. God's not acknowledged in it, but it is, has come from God, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I'll tell you right now, the ultimate gift, the, the ultimate perfect gift that came from God was his Son. Jesus said, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have eternal life, everlasting life in our faith in Jesus Christ. And it is there also that we have the opportunity to overcome temptation when it comes our way. Verse 18, James 1.13 says, Of his own will... He brought us forth by the word of truth. So he brings us, he delivers us from sin, delivers us from temptation, that we may be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, that we may have life in him, and not just life at the moment of salvation when we are born of God, but we have life even following that on a daily basis that we can overcome by the gift that he gave to us 2,000 years ago, and that as our faith is in him. Praise God. Going back to uh, Colossians 2, verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So this body of sins of our flesh is referring to all sin, all the sins of our flesh. And this body of sin refers to that thing that gives rise to sin within us. This, this, uh, And this body of sins of the flesh is in every single person. And this needs to be circumcised or cut off. So how do you overcome a temptation to sin and, and even the pleasure of sin and, and, and that which isn't right? It's in him, in Christ, that we are circumcised. The body of the sins of the flesh is cut off by the circumcision of Christ. Now you might say, when was Christ cut off? And this is why we've already been alluding to sacrifice. It says, and let me read it again, verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. It's a supernatural thing. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. When was Jesus Christ circumcised? And we're not talking on the eighth day physically when he was circumcised. We're talking about him being cut off. When was Jesus cut off from the land of the living? He was cut off when he died on the cross for us. When he said, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost. In other words, he died. He died physically. physically. He did not die spiritually. He died physically. We know that he died for us on the cross. That is where we, we have that old man is cut off. The old man, the old nature, is cut off, and it needs to be done on a daily basis. And I want to refer to Galatians chapter two, verse—I uh, believe it's verse twenty. It, it talks about Paul says, "I am crucified with Christ; I'm dying with Christ." Paul was way after, or years, several years after Jesus Christ, uh, before he got to a point uh, of of being converted or, or ha- uh, having receiving life in Jesus Christ but he was opposed to the, the followers of Jesus Christ and uh, and just he, he hated them to the point where he actually uh, put them in prison he actually uh, caused for for people to die because they were followers of Christ well here God Paul is saying I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live in this body, in this flesh, in this body, by faith in the one that gave himself for me. In the Son of God, the one that gave himself for me. So I, I don't there's an impact, there's an effect by the the cross of Christ and what he did. And here this passage in Colossians chapter two, verse eleven, to cut off on a daily basis basis if you want to put off the body of the sins of the flesh you're struggling with temptation it is through your faith in who Jesus is and and the fact that he died for you he was circ- the circumcision of Christ when he was cut off he died on a cross 2000 years ago i want to i want to go back to genesis chapter 4 and i'll tell you right from the beginning in the very first few chapters, even as as uh, Adam and Eve fell, immediately there was a, a giving of a promise that the, the the seed of of Eve would crush the serpent's head and would overcome Satan. Because, um, and so she figured that that her her son Cain was the promise, but she. Probably as the more she saw Cain as he was given or as he was growing up, she recognized, okay, this is not the one that was going to be the one that would crush the, the seed of or the, the, the seed that would crush Satan's head. Um, so let's look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And this is after they have been put out of the garden. They no longer have that, that relationship with God. They are spiritually dead. Um, and, and we don't know exactly if at that point that, they, that they're already, they made things right with God, believing in the sacrifice of Jesus, or of, of a sacrifice, and, and, and of Jesus being sacrificed. We don't know exactly where they are. But we know that Cain, one of the sons of, of, of Eve, uh, was not in the right place. So let's look at this passage. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said... I have acquired a man from the Lord. So here's this thing of, I think this is the seed that's going to crush the serpent's head and and, and restore that we can have life. I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Uh, And I'd have to check. Abel, I think, means, uh, don't quote me on it. There's sort of uh, an indication of... uh, there's no more hope of, of it's all vanity It all. She's lost hope probably because she's watching Cain growing up. And, and so w- when Abel came, she's already at a point where she's, she's lost hope. All is vanity. It's vanity. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Gain, Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Abel had sheep. Cain was a farmer. He, had, he would till the ground and sow seed. And in the process of time, so after a length of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well... Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, this verse has intrigued me. And even as I looked at other theolo- theologians, there's, there's two ways to look at this verse. And this is what I've, I'm realizing. There's two ways to look at this verse because the word sin, it says, if you do, do not do well, sin lies at the door. This word sin here, that's the first mention of the word sin. Now, we had the action of sin before that with Adam and Eve, but this is the first mention of sin. And the word also can mean not just sin, but sin offering, a, a sacrifice, a sin offering that would be good and pleasing before the Lord. So sin off, this sin offering lies at the door. Or you can take it at, at face value here, what it says here, sin lies at the door. If you do not do well, so if you're not doing the right thing, your sacrifice, your faith is not in, it's, it's, it's not in a sacrifice. It's, it's in the work of the hand. Abe, Cain, his, his sacrifice was about his hard work, and, hey, I'm giving you the best that I can in my hard work and the fruit of my work, whereas Cain's or uh, abel's sacrifice was he just took one of the of his his flock and he sacrificed there was a shedding of blood and there was a sacrifice made and the one of the shedding of blood of loss of life was pleasing to god the other one the fruit of the labor of, of the works of man was not pleasing to god if you do not do well if your faith is in yourself and your own righteousness Sin lies at the door, as in sin is right there. It's just a you will be overcome. It's at the door. There's a there's a foothold, and it and its desire is for you. Yeah. Go ahead, go by the flesh. But you shall rule. You should rule over it. The Lord is saying you can you can rule over sin. And it's not by your effort. Listen, it's not by your effort. It is not by your willpower. It is not by that. It is by your faith in the sacrifice. And so the second meaning of this is the sin offering lies at the door. And so what theologians have said, the door was the door of the tabernacle. And so there was an offering, a sin offering at the door of the tabernacle. Take the sin offering. If you want to come before the Lord, what pleases Him is the sacrifice of And not just the sacrifice of of lambs and bulls and goats and and of animals, but the sacrifice of that perfect gift that the Father gave in His Son, Jesus Christ. All of what happened already in chapter 4, way back with the beginning of mankind, there was already a way out. There was a way, and it was all pointing to Jesus Christ. And so Abel's faith was in the sacrifice. In other words, was in Jesus Christ. That is where we overcome Sin, that we, can, that we can rule over it. So we, we don't have that sin rules over us and we give in to temptation, but we rule over the sin. Praise God. Let me read it again. If you do well, what is doing well? It's in having the right sacrifice. Will you not be accepted? It's a rhetorical question. Of course, I will accept you if your faith is in Jesus Christ in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, my son for you. You will do well. You will be accepted by me. I will take you in. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There's no other way. It's through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, and even to the point of us being able to overcome. Let me read again. If you do not do well, there is an opportunity for you to to turn to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, sin does lie at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it, over the sin. Hallelujah. So there's an acceptable and unacceptable sacrifice before the Lord. And the beautiful thing is, the acceptable sacrifice is so, such a demonstration of love to us that we can have life, and life eternal, and life and victory daily, daily. Well, you have temptation, yes. There might even be times where you may slip and fall in sin, but as our faith remains in Jesus Christ, grounded and steadfast in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, there is a covering, there is a a washing, and we can overcome. So the point is that we are not practicing sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about this. I want to just close with, with this a few verses here from Hebrews 11 and it says by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain Hebrews 11:4 through which he obtained witness that he was righteous God witnessed to him and said you are righteous God testifying of his gift he was testifying of the of his gift, his offering, which was a blood offering, a blood sacrifice, a lamb that was slain, that was pleasing to God. And through it, he he being dead still speaks. Abel lived almost 6,000 years ago. Almost 6,000 years ago. And here today I'm talking about it, about the sacrifice of Abel and it, so there's still a, 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 a speaking of what he did today, and that is acceptable for, before God. And I'm saying to you, the same uh, sacrifice as our faith is in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, this is acceptable and pleasing to God. And with it, there is an opportunity as our faith is there in the crucifixion. Let me just read from... Uh, uh, Colossians chapter uh, 2, verse 11, again. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. There's a cutting off of what? By putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Jesus Christ and his circumcision, his death. Jesus Christ and him crucified, your faith being there daily. I'll tell you right now. And I've said this many, many times, and it's just like, thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And my faith is in Jesus Christ. What a different way to live as a believer. My faith is not in me keeping the commandments. It's not in me being a good person. Those are good things. But my faith for salvation and for my daily walk is in Jesus Christ and I'm crucified daily. Have I arrived yet? No. Am I perfect? No. But the Lord is doing a work on me, and I am right standing. Even as he's doing the work on me, and even doing work through me, and even though I haven't arrived yet, I am in right standing with God. And the fight against sin and the fight against temptation is like night and day, literally. It is like, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to fight in my own strength. But it is through faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is available to me to overcome temptation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Back to Genesis 4-7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. There is a sin offering that you can they grab a hold of so you can have victory in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just I want I to say if there's anybody out there that doesn't know the Lord or if you're a believer and you're just saying, oh, my goodness, I need to walk by faith daily. I'm saying to you, walk by faith daily. And I want to pray for you. If you're an unbeliever, uh, that there would be a confession of sin, a confession of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. I'm going to acknowledge the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I'm going to accept him into my life. So I want to pray that prayer for the unbeliever. And I want to pray for, for you as believers, Lord for the unbeliever out there they would make a confession that they would make this confession jesus and just go ahead and make that the confession jesus i have sinned i am a sinner i confess but there is a way out thank you jesus there's a way to overcome sin and the consequences of sin as my faith is in you and who you are and what you did on the cross for me i You did it for me so I can have life and I can have dominion over sin and it won't have dominion over me. I need to be set free from my sin and from temptation. And so I confess, Jesus, you died for me and you were buried, but you rose again so that I can have life. I believe that. I can overcome sin. I believe that. Come into my life, Jesus. Be my Lord. Not just Don't just save me, but be my Lord. I submit to your Lordship. I make you preeminent so that I can walk, not in my own strength, but in the power that raised you from the dead. That same power is available for me that I can have a victorious life daily. I just believe this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. Walk by faith in Jesus Christ. You will have a much, uh, an amazing ease as your faith is in him and what he did for you. God bless you. Have a great night. And um, until next time, that you would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as your faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, LighthouseNiagara.com.